It's more than just your output, more than a bike. When you hear your shout out, you know it's all right. Put on your magic pants and let's go. We're cruising into the power zone. Clip in, set yourself free. Come on and take a ride with me. You know what you need to know and what's it all about. Welcome to the Clip Out, episode 11. I never get to say it. I want to say it. <laughs> this is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. My lovely husband. This is episode 11. <laughs> and this is the vacation episode. That's right. Is you, You've been wanting shorter episodes. Well, you're in for a treat because <laughs> we're getting the hell out of town. Actually, by the time you hear this, we will already be out of town. Yeah. I, making- we will be... I don't even know what state we'll be in, but it won't be here. It'll be the state of drunkenness. <laughs> For you, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's Mick Ultra Fitness, people. <laughs> don't you worry about it. Maybe. Maybe. So, uh, uh, yeah, so we're making what might be possibly the worst decision of our lives. We're flying to, into Phoenix and taking the kids on like an a nine day road trip uh, through Colorado and Arizona, Arizona. and all that yeah. Grand Canyon doing the whole. Yeah, we're going to be in the Grand Grand gonna, Canyon, Four Corners, Mesa Verde, Durango. Go to, Grand, go to the Grand Canyon, let one of the kids run away, try and feed a Native American. Bobby, <laughs> Cindy, <laughs> Bobby, Cindy. <laughs> Remember that one? I do. Yeah. So uh, that's what we have planned for our. That's what we are in the midst of doing right, right now. now. So. There you go So shameless plugs Don't forget We're available on iTunes You can go there Rate, review, subscribe You can also find us On the internet At facebook.com Slash the clip out So if you hear us Talk about an article Or a recipe Any of that sort of stuff It all ends up On our Facebook page At some point So you can always go there And scroll through Like our page Join the group And just stay on top of things That sounds like a good Solid plan Yes So what's on the show today We'll talk about ice cream We are Who doesn't like ice cream i mean especially summer vacation yes it's perfect time yeah and uh and there's a little bit of news a little bit a little bit of news yeah so so i i guess a lot of people that listen they might already know about this but like the we've recently discovered these uh low calorie you forgot to hang we have to hang on you didn't say who was on the show today oh geez sorry who is on the show today jen sherman jen sherman because there's two ends we've been through this we have, and yes. I'm ignoring you. I know. I'm used <laughs> to it. So, yes, Jen Sherman's on the show today. So, isn't that exciting? It is. Would you like to do just a real quick squee for the listeners? <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're just turning me on. So, Jen Sherman's on the show today. How about that? Yay. <laughs> Ice cream. Ice cream. So the, there's all these low calorie ice creams now. There's like two big ones. There's Halo Top, and then there's Arctic Zero. Arctic Zero, yeah. Arctic Zero is. Uh, I was not a fan. Um, that chocolate one kind of tasted like dirt yeah. to me. I mean, a lot of people rave about it, but I I was not impressed. I, I I was super excited to find it, and then I ate it, and it tasted like air with a little bit of flavor. Yeah, thrown in. it tasted like flavored icy air. Mm-hmm. I, I just I I I did not care for it at all. It was like Bud Select Light, you know, fifty five calories, like light on top of light, exactly, right, which tastes like water. Yeah, and the calorie count is, I think, was comparable to Halo Top. It right? was. I and mean, I think Halo Top has a little bit more, but yeah. it was pretty close. You know, it also has a lot more of 
Flavor Flavor Yes I Halo Top was really good <laughs> What? You were so excited When you popped open That first one I was excited I was We went to the grocery store <laughs> And you're like You're like carrying all these Like like a looter in a riot Like you've got arms Arms full of halo top And I was like We could just get a We could go get a basket You're like basket nothing We're getting a cart bitch <laughs> you're, you're, Your hangry voice came out You were like Get me a cart <laughs> We bought so much halo top It was it was embarrassing It was We had to get one of like Every flavor Because well, I wanted to try we them all We had to get one of them Yeah you had plenty To do with I that I think the listeners know After all my comments On the recipes I don't need to get One of every flavor There's no way I'm gonna like every flavor I know damn good and well I'm not gonna like every flavor <laughs> Okay you, you wouldn't like The lemon I don't need I don't need red velvet I'm like chocolate Oreo Or whatever the generic Name for Oreo is Cookies and cream Sure Oreo You know that, that stuff That stuff The good stuff But it was really good We looked so We, we looked so weird When we went to the register Buying like 40 containers Of Halo Top And I'm like I know the checker is like They're not only concerned About their weight But they're high <laughs> Healthy hippies Yes <laughs> Now we know why They're so thin I just thought They couldn't afford food <laughs> So if you if you're looking for this, they're not paying us to say this. Just for the no. record, we're not important enough for anyone to pay us to say anything. Heck no! But if you're if you're looking for a lo- like a whole pint of it, it's like 280 calories like two, or less. There's some that are only some, like yeah. There's like 250 to like 320 for like a pint of ice cream. It's delicious. It's cold and refreshing and. And low calorie Yeah And even fairly low on sugars For what it is I don't remember what the count was So don't, you know Well, and they're all going to be Slightly different They are You know But I mean, it was in the 20s Not yeah. the 40s So but they were really good Yeah Yeah, as, as, as even as someone Who like does isn't doing The whole fitness thing But I was like It didn't feel like a sacrifice To eat that over A Ben and Jerry's Or something It was They were really good Yes It was a winner Yes it's time for news of the Peloton. So one of our instructors was in the news. Uh-oh. Was there like a murder or something? No, or? no, no. <laughs> I thought one of them finally snapped. <laughs> she hasn't had to teach you yet. Fair enough. <laughs> and so I gave away that it's a she. It's uh, Jess King, one of our instructors. And uh, she's the one with the cat suit from HRI. Oh, the one you wouldn't let me near. Yeah, that's gotcha. her. So she had a video on. She was it's featured Jess King because there's two S's. <laughs> so there was a video on Self.com that they talked about how much work goes into being a cycling instructor, and uh, Jess King was one of the instructors they featured. So they had a whole bunch of different instructors, and it's a couple minutes long. But they talked about things like, according to the video, they said, "Hey, it can take hundreds of hours of practice before you're ready to be an instructor, and then you have to do." Live auditions And then even if you get chosen You may only be a sub You may not even end up On the actual schedule So Like, like in the you, minor league Yeah So you so go through all this work The minor league is Is flywheel <laughs> Oh saying That's fired Again Yes <laughs> Oh did you Well There was a whole Bunch of Infighting oh, on the boards start that again. I know but It that's happens what, like every 10 days Somebody says that Somebody says the evil One of the evil words And yeah. there it goes Off to the races They are Yes Whew. Well anyway 
So so Jess King did a great job and uh, she talked about she talked she gave answers about like what she had to do. So she get it did a couple months of the uh, instruction at Peloton before she actually was live as an instructor. Gotcha. And uh, she talked about how long it takes to make a playlist. Like so some, they oh. do classes that aren't streamed, strome, strummed. Well, I would I would guess that they have like a whole training program that gotcha. would not be part of the stream. That you know they're probably like I'm Barber a, College. Yeah, I'm imagining there's people taking the class, right? But they're not necessarily on the stream. Well, I mean, I don't think they're on the stream at all. But um, I I don't know what their training process is in depth. So I'm guessing that was just me paraphrasing. Jotted down a topic for another day. Yes. But I will say based on some of the topics that we've had with other instructors, that was kind of the impression I got. There was a whole instructing kind of thing they had to go through. So and then she said that she also talked about how much time it takes to actually create the playlist for every episode. And so they asked each instructor, um, I said episode, but I meant class. And some of the instructors said 45 minutes. Some of them said three hours. Some of them said, you know, an hour. So it was anywhere from 45 minutes to three hours per class that they spend on a playlist. So, I mean, they don't just stroll in, hop on a bike and be like faster. Exactly. And that was one of the things they talked about. It's that's a misconception that that occurs. And then there was also a little thing about tell us how to describe your classes. And and I don't think any surprise just just described hers as playful. And I I think that hits the nail on the head. So perfect, perfect description. And if you want to uh, watch that video, we'll post it on our on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash the clip out. We will. Here's some new tips from the training center. So we've been doing interviews uh, every week. We we find someone else to talk to, and uh, we we started off with an instructor. Yes, and now we have reached a point where they finally trusted us enough to let us talk to a second instructor. How about that? We have a- uh, that. That's actually great news. So Matt Wilford news. was the first. Correct. Cor- that is correct. So he will go down in history as okay. the first. Because that, that'll be historic, right? <laughs> okay. So, it might. Guess what? The history of Peloton is only just unfolding, right? It actually might be historic. Don't laugh. You don't. You don't know what's going to become of this podcast. It might actually be historic. See how inspirational she is. I know. <laughs> she's not even on the bike, and she's inspiring us. I'm not even on the no. bike, and I'm pedaling right now. <laughs> That's how inspirational that was. And we didn't actually say your name. So for in case someone does. Doesn't recognize your voice. It's Jen Sherman. Yay! Instructor extraordinaire. Hi, everybody. (laughs) No one's going to recognize my voice right now because I've been fighting off like a a little nasty cold for like a week or two. And I I sound, I don't even sound like myself. I keep saying I sound like Bobby Brady from like an old Brady Bunch episode, but okay. (laughs) Hi, everybody. It's Jen with two N's. Thank you guys for uh, having me. I really do appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for being on. We're so excited about this. I've been looking forward to this all day. Awesome. Cool. So um, why don't you tell us about your journey to Peloton? Oh, man. You know, it's funny because it's um, it feels like yesterday, but yet when I think back on it and thinking about it today, knowing that we would be, you know, chatting, it goes back to May of 2013. Um, that's when it began. My That's where my story begins uh, as far as Peloton goes. I read an article about Peloton. I believe, you know, John Foley would have to confirm this for me. And I believe I've asked him this. And I think the answer is yes. But I believe I read the first printed article on the Peloton bike. And it was, I found it on a website. I read a little piece on a website called Well and Good. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with Well and Good. Well and Good is a website and not only just a website that features all things 
in fitness and wellness and health. They also are one of those websites that if you sign up, you get sent sort of like either, I think it's either weekly or bi-weekly, an email that will land in your inbox and give you, you know, all the latest news on what's going on again in health and fitness and wellness and, you know, food, diet, a little bit of clothing and lifestyle kind of stuff. But it's one of those, you know, websites that will fill you in on all the cool happenings in that world in whatever city you're living in. So like if you sign up, there's like a well and good for New York and there might be, I hope I'm not misspeaking, but I think there's one, you know, that's designed for LA, maybe Miami, a lot of the big cities. So that was a website and a, a newsletter that I always followed and read and something wound up in my inbox. I want to say, can't quote me directly, but I want to say maybe in April of 2013. And I read this piece on a startup company called Peloton and there was an image of the bike and there was a an article written about this bike and what this bike was going to be and I read it one time and I thought holy shit this is brilliant <laughs> I'm going to back up a little bit. I was already a spin instructor at this point. I've been teaching indoor cycling for almost a decade. If you ride with me, then you might know that I don't live in New York City like most of the other instructors. I live in New Jersey. And I got certified a long time ago. I came to, I stumbled upon spin class when one of my dear friends, Barbara Albert, who has a Peloton bike, her screen name is Barbie doll. She's famous in the Peloton world. because She <laughs> took me to my very first spin class back in New Jersey a very long time ago. Anyway, I was already teaching cycling. So I read about this bike that we're going to be able to bring into the home. And there's going to be live stream classes like what? Like, what? What? <laughs> um, effing brilliant in the words of Jen Sherman. I mean, just brilliant. <laughs> and at the at the at the bottom of this article that I read, there's an email address where you can reach out to somebody at Peloton. There was an email. It didn't say John's name. I don't, it might have just said, you know, blah, blah, blah at Peloton cycle. And I was just so moved by what I read. I didn't know what I was really going to even write to them, but I had to reach out. And I wound up writing an email that night to this email address. And I put in the RE line in the regarding line, this is why you have to hire me. That's what it said. A little <laughs> cocky, a little ballsy, I might say, but it caught John Foley's attention. And I just wrote an email basically saying, I can't believe what I've just read. This sounds like a brilliant, brilliant idea, concept, product. Are you hiring instructors? because I would love to be your first instructor if you're hiring. Something to that effect. The funny thing about that email, John Foley still has it, and <laughs> Tom Cortese, who is John's right hand at the time, one of the, one of the founders of the company, has the email as well. I don't have the email. I'm gonna, I, I thought about writing John today to ask him if he could send me the email. I don't have the email because it wasn't sent to John's address. You know, I didn't know John's email back then, obviously, so it went to some random email address Long story short, uh, I waited with bated breath, figuring I would never hear back from anybody. And uh, the next day I woke up and there was an email in my inbox waiting from waiting there for me from John Foley. The next and day? And he basically said, the next day. Wow. The next day. And he said, we have received a ton of emails from people that saw that piece in Well and Good, because I'm certainly I wasn't the first one to read it, you know, and he writes in this email, you are the first person that I am actually responding back to. Wow. I would love to talk to, you know, I, I gave my background in that email. I said, I've been teaching indoor cycling for X amount of years. 
at that point in time, I was a um, I was a current Lululemon ambassador at that point in time. I threw that in there, figured that might help me. <laughs> maybe you, maybe not. Maybe he'd care. Maybe he wouldn't. I threw that in there, and I just gave him a little uh, piece of who I was, and. He wrote me back just saying, this caught my attention. I love what you've said here. And, you know, I wrote the email. I wouldn't say that I wrote it in a business type way. I wrote it in typical Jen Sherman speak. You know, I think I'm a decent writer and my grammar is is fine, but I wrote it the way that I would speak it. And he tells me to this day that that's kind of what caught his attention and why he wanted to meet me, thankfully. (laughs) And as my memory kind of recalls, it's a little hazy, but he asked me if I would be available to come and have coffee with him so he could talk to me about what Peloton was and would I be willing to come into the city the next week and and sit down and just talk with him. Uh, Yeah, I think I can do that. I think I can clear all schedules to make that happen. Um, I did my homework on John Foley, obviously. And, uh, you know, I don't know how much you guys know about John. I have a feeling you probably know a lot, but maybe it didn't take long for me. Right. It didn't take long for me to find out that I was talking to uh, a brilliant individual uh, with a great mind. And uh, I met with him a week later. And we talked and we chatted and we hit it off instantly. And then um, I remember this about 10 days later, the date was May 16th, 2013. I came into what was then the Peloton corporate office. They had about 10 employees at the time, small, little, teeny tiny space. I don't even know how many square feet. I couldn't guess maybe 500 square feet. Wow. They all sat, they all sat in an open room. This was the Peloton startup in motion. Um, and I had an audition in their, in their studio, uh, their makeshift studio in this tiny office. There were eight or nine bikes in there. And I auditioned for John, um, his wife, Jill, uh, a couple of the other employees, Tom was there and, and Graham Stanton was there. Uh, Yoni was there. These are all the founders of Peloton. Wow. And then like a couple, a couple of poor suckers that they grabbed off the street to come <laughs> up and like fill up the other three or four bikes. That was going to ask it's, you. So like they actually got on bikes and took a ride while you instructed them. Oh, so I was not on a Peloton bike. I was on, I believe, like a broken down Schwinn bike (laughs) in a teeny tiny. So what they did was they, they built a little tiny. It's nicknamed the closet, by the way. Anyone that is a part of Peloton from the early days experienced the closet. It was three walls and a black velvet curtain. And there was a hole in the back wall. This is this is true. And there was a camera lens. Literally, if you like took like a like a jackhammer and you like punched a hole through a wall and you stuck a camera in that circle. That was the lens that was sitting in front of me because they were, they were in that prototype stage and they were testing lighting and sound and they were trying to just record and see what this would look like, you know, uh, recorded. And there were seven or eight broken down bikes in front of me, literally broken down bikes in front of me. Tom Cortese would get on his hands and knees and like, he would like change out pedals right before um, I get on to film anything. You know what? It's, it makes the history of all this so great. I I love that. I actually have this story to tell, but anyway, I did that audition 45 minute audition. I think it actually ended up only being maybe 25 or 30 minutes. And uh, I heard from John's people uh, the next day. And shortly after that, John extended uh, an amazing offer to me to join Peloton. And at that point, I couldn't even tell you what that would have meant. We didn't know what that meant. There was no studio. There was no instructor team at that point. I'm proud to say that I was the first Peloton instructor hired. And back then, 
that meant just doing filming some classes so they could have some content to work with. The first shipment of bikes was getting ready to ship. Um, you could purchase a bike off of the Kickstarter campaign. I don't know if you know that that's how John sort of got up and running yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, online, selling those bikes, right? Yeah. So there were bikes about to ship. There was no studio to film out of, <laughs> but we, we needed con- we, they needed content. They needed sure. something to put on that damn bike. <laughs> and, um, that, was, that was me. It's funny, you know, we look back from time to time at that earliest footage and, oh, is it it's horrific, you know? It sounds like I'm talking about something that happened a decade ago. It's only, what, three or four years ago, but I see that footage now and, oh my gosh, I cringe. I cringe. <laughs> so uh, back, back, to the, back to the question, that's how it sort of all happened. Um, so that summer, I agreed to, to come on board and I remember when John uh, made that offer to me days after the, the audition, Again, we were sitting across the street at a little coffee shop, and he said to me, are you ready to jump on this crazy train? You know, coming to work for a startup is is craziness. He said, I want you to know that. You know, you have to know that things are going to come at you at lightning speed, at 100 miles an hour. Every day will be different. There is a lot to achieve, and we are just getting started. Are you ready? And I was like, I could not be more ready. And, you know, on a side note, I was very close to opening up my own spin studio out here in the suburbs of New Jersey. It was a dream of mine. It was something that after teaching for many years on the bike out here, it was like the next natural progressive step for me. And Peloton, I read that article and I reached out to John. That happened all at the same exact time. And I had to make a decision. I was, you know, do I go ahead? Yeah. Do I go ahead and open up this studio? I had a partner. We had space. We had funding. We had raised our funding. We were like ready to go. Yikes. And uh, Peloton came my way and I had to sit down with this friend who was going to be my, you know, co-owner in this studio that we were working on. And I had to go to her. And I literally passed on my dream to open up my own studio for a vision and a belief in Peloton. I just knew that this thing was going to be massive and and epic. Does that friend still talk to you? That friend lives about a mile away from me. And that friend has had a Peloton bike for over two years. (laughs) (laughs) She's an amazing girl. Our friendship stayed intact. That's awesome. We were not far enough along that it caused, you know, any major problems. It just was, you know, little, it was disheartening. We were about to launch our own business. Thankfully, I got, you know, I did speak to her before we were in too deep, as they would say. And, uh, you know, she, like I said, I see her all the time and she lives around the corner. She's got a Peloton bike and she rides with me, um, you know, through that screen, you know, every week she's an on-demand rider, but she, she, uh, she loves her bike and, uh, she's an amazingly supportive friend. Hopefully you at least got her a nice discount. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I was able to do that. <laughs> JSS doesn't have those kinds of magical powers, by the way. You're like, we'll, we'll get to that. You're like the magic <laughs> is not financial in nature. <laughs> right. Well, so that's, that's pretty much the story. That's, that was quite a leap of faith that you took. I, I can't even imagine how that must have felt. Like, do, do you have, you know, this- People say that to me, but I did. I didn't feel like it was at all. I mean, at all. When I was getting to know John in those early days and getting to know this team of individuals that were building this amazing company, I did not have any doubt in my mind. I mean, I couldn't have told you how it was all going to happen. And I couldn't have told you that the growth would be as unbelievable as it has been. 
they call it hockey stick growth. Like we're going like straight up in the air with how fast this all this has happened. I mean, where we've come since those earliest days in 2013 and you look at what's happening now and it's just it's just remarkable how quickly all of this has happened. I believed from day one. That's the truth. I was a believer from the moment I read that article and I became an even bigger believer when I left that first little coffee meeting with John before I even had my audition. I just knew with or without me, I knew that this thing was going to be amazing. So, well, you, you were clearly right. That was a, a good call on your part. Yeah. It probably made you question the, uh, whether or not it was a wise decision to open a studio because you would think if this takes off, like you're thinking it might and like, it's looking like it is that, that's going to be a tough competitor for a studio. Um, listen, I believe that Peloton, I see what goes on um, in the local studios out by my home. Peloton has absolutely made an impact. It has. Yeah. Not everywhere, sure. but it has made an impact on uh, small spin studios in in local cities all over the place. I talk to instructors all the time, and I'm familiar with, with, with what is going on in that in that marketplace. So, it has absolutely made an impact. There's no doubt about it. I made a good decision, guys, didn't I? You, you did. did. Absolutely, you, you did. Are, you are magic. You yeah. knew. You, yeah. <laughs> so I, I did. And by the way, I, I feel I feel really blessed and lucky that I made this decision. Honestly, I don't I don't take it for granted. I know that I work for one of the uh, best companies in the world. Well, I I know for a fact that all of your the your writers, your core writers, think that they are blessed to have you. Like we, I know, counting myself Aww. included. It's it, you know you are so inspiring when you're up there on the bike. I I think all of the instructors do an amazing job. You guys all have something special, and so so Peloton also made a great choice when they found you. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, how long was it between when you had that initial meeting and then you actually like taught a class in the studio? Oh man, um, the studio took some time obviously to build. I remember. I feel like it was in the fall. I was still doing. I was filming you know, lots of content for them in that office space again called The Closet. This studio, I, I wish I had the date. You guys might even have it. I wish I had the date of when the studio opened. I want to say, I remember John taking me through a walkthrough when it was just like studs and nails and like the place was being built. And even that was amazing. You know, we took a walk over there and it was just completely coming to life. You know, so they I've been teaching for us on that, you know, broken down bike in that closet. And uh, we had to wait a while for the studio to open. And again, I wish I had the date in front of me. I think it was, was it 20, 2014? And I should know the month, but I don't know it offhand. I know I was trying to Google it, but it's not coming up for me. <laughs> they don't. Okay. It's not out there in the general. You know, they needed, they needed that time anyway to put together the rest of the team. Sure. Um, to hire us. You know, that was a whole process for them to gather a whole bunch of amazing instructors. And, it, you know, it wasn't an overnight process. So it started out slowly, you know, shortly after uh, my hiring, a few others were brought in. And so a bunch of us were just filming that content again in the closet, um, that content that actually went onto the bikes. I don't think it's like archived. It should be like burned and like never, <laughs> never to be seen again. Although it is kind of, it's like classic footage, you know, and in the history of Peloton, it's, it, I guess it will be a cool thing to be able to look back on, you know, especially as we progress and, you know, they should. I can't even imagine what's coming down the road for us as terms of how beautiful the content it already looks beautiful and it's you know going to always be uh, getting better you know every year so it's it's just crazy to look back and see those early rides i used to 
I think I still do this, but you know, what's interesting for all of us is, well, I should speak for myself. I am not an actor, obviously, or an actor. I am not a, I don't know how to, I don't know how to do that. I, I was a spin instructor who loved teaching, um, who loved it with every fiber of my being, but throw a camera into the mix and learning how to teach to that camera and interact to the camera. That was challenging. And the way that we were taught to interact with the camera, because none of us knew how to do it. You know, a few of the instructors, you might know Jess has a background in dance and so does Cody. There are some instructors on our team that are more comfortable, let's say on stage than I was, you know, that part took a little bit of getting used to for me. Absolutely. So um, when I look back on that early footage, you can see, I don't know where to look. My <laughs> eyes are going to the camera to the left. They're going to the camera to the right. I'm staring at it in like a weird, <laughs> strange way. I just, you know, again, we talk about those early days um, and that early footage and it's just, it's, it's cringeworthy and it's comical actually. So what sort of stuff do they, do they teach you for like how to interact with the camera? Like what sort of, uh, what sort of techniques do they recommend? Yeah, well, you know, it started out um, when the studio first opened and we all went through some training. Uh, not, you know, I didn't need training on the bike per se, but I needed, again, training uh, uh, with that camera in the room. We were taught in the earliest days that we should follow the camera everywhere and look at it everywhere. So we've got three cameras in the room, three fixed cameras in the room. There's one on the left side. There's one on the right. There's one dead center. That's your main camera. It's a sitcom And then we've setup. got that. It's it, it, by the way, it's a television studio. Yeah, I mean, don't, you know, no one should, no one should think it isn't. Yeah, it's that, freezing cold like a television studio. Yeah. And it is set up like a real television studio. That's Absolutely. actually, that's actually how um, they film sitcoms. They, the three cam, the traditional, like not the single camera stuff like the office, but the stuff that you think of when you think of sitcoms like three's company and stuff like they film them with three cameras like left right and middle right that setup was actually invented by desi arnaz for i love lucy that's how old it is wow and listen they had amazing people come in this this studio wasn't just built you know without great minds that 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 know what they're doing and it was probably built you know on purpose that that exact way sure um so it's those three cameras and then you've got that camera you guys have been to the studio so you can picture that camera that's on that track that goes from left side of the room to the right side of the room, the moving tr- the moving camera as well. So in the earliest days, before they could figure out how to get the best out of our content, we were told when the red light literally went on above the camera, turn your head to it and stare at it. Like <laughs> stare at it and don't stare at it and don't let it go. Okay. So we did that for a while, and then in the reviewing of the footage, the people that know best how to do this determined that that just looked really fucking creepy and weird and that we needed to stop doing that you need to stop doing that and sort of you know make that natural eye contact with your riders in the room make eye contact with the cameras absolutely but staring at it for 45 <laughs> minutes was not the way to go no. so there has been some changes in that you know you know we figured out how to do it and listen i don't I don't envy when the new kids join, you know, when Matt and Allie came on board, for instance, because, again, that's all new for everybody. And you sort of have to they go through, you know, anyone that comes on board has to go through some training with how to just feel uh, natural with the camera. And now for me, you know, obviously, it's been a whole bunch of years. It's like I don't even know it's there, you know, and that's I think that's the best way to treat the camera. It Um, is. Know when to look at it when you're making a point. If you're speaking to a home rider directly, then you're going to look at that camera. Other than that. 
do your thing, look around the room and just engage the way the way, you know, the way you would organically. So that's kind of how I do it. You make it look very easy. Oh, thank you. So why why is it that? Okay, so how do you think that you connect so well with writers? I mean, you said you've been doing this for a long time before you you came to Peloton. So why is it that you think that you connect so well with them? You know, I think it's just um, who I am as a person, you know, even uh, before Peloton teaching in the studio in New Jersey that I've been uh, with for so many years. I was just that kind of person that uh, made it made it my business, made it my point to get to know who was riding with me. So, you know, who are you? Where where do you live? How many kids do you have? You know, I'm not saying it was a I interviewed my riders all in (laughs) on their first ride with me. But I, uh, I think that I think that makes makes people feel like they're a part of something, you know, Um, whenever a new rider would come into the studio, I would take the time, you take a few minutes to set them up and let them feel comfortable. And in those few moments, you're getting their name. And when they show back up a couple days later, then you sort of know who's there. And I always I don't know, that was always just something that I took time and took pride in, you know, sort of getting to know who was riding with me. And, uh, you know, so when they came in, I could say, oh, how was the wedding this weekend? Oh, did your daughter have the baby this weekend? I was always sort of that kind of personable instructor. I sort of liked getting to know who was riding with me. And uh, I didn't sort of come up with that when I got to Peloton as a gimmick or it wasn't contrived. It's just who I am. And, you know, in the earliest days, you know, let's let's not forget, we didn't have all that many riders. It wasn't that <laughs> it wasn't that difficult for me to keep up with who was riding with me. You've heard me tell the stories. I'm sure, Crystal, there were in those earliest days uh, when the studio first opened. I was lucky if I had 20 home riders on the leaderboard. And if I had 10 people riding in the studio, it was a good day. Wow. It wasn't all that hard, you know, and I uh, I just felt compelled to sort of reach out and get to know who was riding. And it's a it's a big part of uh, the way I like to connect, especially in this forum. Right. You know, the Peloton is a whole different ball game, and the Peloton community, as everybody knows, is the glue. It's what brings us together. And it, it is what absolutely sets us apart. There are spin studios and successful spin studios all over the world. We are different because of this community. And it's believe me, it's like my honor to get to know some of these amazing people. The challenge is keeping up with it because we're growing so fast. But I'm trying, I'm trying best that I can. So people reach out to me, I, I make a point to get back to everybody. You know, it's time consuming, but I do it. And uh, I love just getting to know uh, the people that are taking, you know, in my, the way I look at it is you're going to take time out of your day and ride with me and you might do more than one ride with me. And then you're going to come back and do it again when I teach two days later. And then again, when I teach two days after that, yeah, I'm going to get to know these people. They're, they're spending a lot of time with me and uh, I don't take it for granted. So I like to know who my riders are. So while we're on the topic of you interacting with riders, like, so your Facebook page is maxed out. What's the best way for people to like, if they want to interact with you in some appropriate capacity, what's the best way to do <laughs> right. that? Right. <laughs> That Facebook limit is, uh, I, you know, I didn't even know that I had reached my limit. If, if someone didn't tell me that there was a limit, I wouldn't have even known that. So, yeah. Um, yeah it's 5,000. So apparently it's 5,000. Okay. Yeah. So I can still actually receive messages on my Facebook page, the one that's maxed out. So I still get messages. They come in and I can respond. But the best way is, you know, there's also my Jen Sherman Peloton page. You guys are probably familiar with the fact that all of the instructors have their own Peloton um Facebook page. And that inbox is always open. I check it, you know, every day or I try to check it every day best I can. 
And then you can always find me um, on Instagram, follow me on Instagram, send me a little message and I'll uh, get back to you and write you back there. But if you really want to reach out and you've got something you want to talk to me about or let me know, you want to tell me your story about something that's been going on or just talk to me about how much you're loving the bike, the best place to do that is uh, just message me still where everyone finds me into my inbox on either my personal Facebook page or the Peloton Facebook page. And I and I really do try my best to get back to everybody. Yeah, I know for a fact you've you've answered me on numerous occasions for this conversation uh, to have this conversation, obviously. But also, I don't know if you remember this, but I had reached out to you a while back because I was trying to convince you to do a monkey's ride to do a monkey's ride. <laughs> I do remember. And I think I might have said, are there even enough songs for me to do that? Yeah, I guess there really are. I monkey's mean, fans around Pelo Nation want to want to turn the interview off right Right now from from my saying that <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, Tom is just such a huge monkeys fan. And so <laughs> that was my thought was I was going to get him on the bike by having like, a, like monkeys a huge ride. enough monkeys fan that would it would actually get Tom to quote unquote clip in. <laughs> I don't know about all that. I mean, it was a whole monkeys ride. ride. I don't ooh, that's I don't know. I now I'm on the spot that, that might move the needle. So Crystal, Jen, it's his favorite. Crystal, band. He doesn't he doesn't even want 45 minutes of the monkeys. No. Oh, oh. Shots fired. <laughs> well, you didn't sound excited. <laughs> I was just thinking of all that physical exertion. It's just not my thing. He he actually tracked down each of the band members, each of them separately and not in a creepy way and and got a signature. He has like the one of their like original movie posters from that movie Head, which nobody's seen. Right. And um and then he had each of them yeah. sign it and so like it, he it took loves me 15 years to, to individually find each one at a, at a public event. I, no restraining order was needed. And, uh, but yes. Let me, tell you, let me tell you, that's an accomplishment. You know, I'm, I'm one to try to hunt down my, my most favorite musical artists as well. So I get that. That is an accomplishment. I hope that thing is framed and like hangs over, you know, on a, on a really nice pretty wall it is framed in in our living room right next to the the television so the two things i look at the most uh yeah and uh and we I how, even... about, how about this i'm gonna make you guys a deal crystal <laughs> okay if you think that we can actually get your amazing husband on the bike <laughs> you're gonna reach out to me and we will work in some monkeys several songs i will promise you on this podcast several songs <laughs> if we can get the master of the clip in to clip in I love it. <laughs> Wait, what, what do you say? I mean, uh, I think it's a good idea. It's actually the what is the? It's actually called the clip out, right? It, it is. Clip out, it yes. is a clip out. Yes, I love that name, and that's also your leaderboard name, Crystal. It is clip out, Crystal. That's me. I love it. Awesome. Okay, <laughs> sorry, I, I throw us off track. My apologies. No, you're fine. And thank you. The name was my idea. I came up with the name. He so did come up that with the name. Full name. Yeah, love it. So, uh, but you have your own favorite band. That I've heard her favorite artist. You're a big Springsteen fan? So I'm uh, I'm a huge Springsteen fan. <laughs> just a little bit. Just you're a from, tiny bit. You're um, from Jersey. It's the law. You have to either. I am from Jersey. Yeah. I, am, I am proud, born and bred Jersey girl. Not everybody from Jersey adores Springsteen the way I do, but there there are a few of us. So I'm not alone in, in the state of New Jersey as being an enormous Springsteen fan. I love Bruce. 
But I think more than that, if there if I have a claim to fame, I hope on the bike, it's just my love for music in general. I'm, I've always been obsessed. I'm pretty obsessed with music on in all genres. I'm even dipping into country, Crystal. Have you heard? I have. I hope I'm doing. I hope I've done my country fans proud. But you, you have. I am a country fan. I am a country fan. You so are. I, so I feel I'm like starting I can to realize that. I'm missing out on a genre of music that I was stubbornly avoiding for many, many years. And there is some, not some, there are, it's incredible stuff. And I'm just, I'm actually having some fun trying to to get to know this whole library of music that I am just now becoming familiar with, so... So there's a really fun country song. I'm going way off topic here. There's a really fun country song that I think is hilarious. It's by Walker Hayes and it's called okay. and it's called You Broke Up With Me. It doesn't sound super country and I don't know if you could play it in one of your classes cuz it's a little bit slow, but if you get okay. a chance, you have to check it out because it, it will make you laugh. Like there's no way you can listen will to you, the song and not laugh. Will you send that to me when you get a minute with a couple of others that I can just put into my little notebook so I I mean I'm listening to everyone sending me and helping me out with everyone has been so kind helping me to navigate the country waters so anything that you can do to help me I would appreciate you know there are a bunch of real mainstream country artists that of course I'm familiar with and a bunch of stuff that I already knew but it's you know if I'm really going to try to conquer this a little bit more on the bike I, I don't I don't like going into a ride unfamiliar with my music I don't do that I can't do it I don't do it so I don't want to play anything that I haven't listened to a bunch and I don't like to play anything that that doesn't motivate me or that I don't personally connect to. I'll do it from time to time for a rider request here and there. But for the most part, if you're hearing me play it, it's because I really, really dig it. So I want to feel that way about the country music that I start to play as well. So I'll, I would love to, to listen, to give anything a listen that you uh, that you throw my way. Absolutely. I would be honored to cool. send you some. Awesome. And do you have any interest in telling your Bruce Springsteen story for those who have not heard it? Oh my gosh, my Bruce Springsteen story. I'll try to keep it short and sweet. So being a Bruce Springsteen fan from as long as I can remember, I feel like I was, you know, seven, maybe eight years old when I first heard Bruce Springsteen and it was an instant, you know, love affair. I know that sounds really, really young, but I was really, I connected to music at a really, really early age. And I had an older brother who listened to all kinds of cool rock and roll music and I sort of idolized my brother. So anything he listened to, I listened to. And so Bruce came into my life again at a really young age. And I thought I might go most of my life never meeting Bruce. I have never met Bruce personally. I've never randomly bumped into Bruce. You know, I know, you know, where he has homes and I know the kinds of, I know where he spends time in the summer and I know some of the restaurants that he loves to eat in New York and I know where he actually shops. I'm not saying that I'm a psycho and I go to any of these places to find him. But as it turns out, I've been in the same sort of, okay, long story short, I just, I can't believe I've never seen Bruce in a restaurant or seen Bruce <laughs> in the city anywhere. Or I, I like to, I like to spend time out East in um, the Hamptons over the summers and, and he's there. His daughter is an equestrian rider. And so Bruce is out in the Hamptons and bridge, you know, he's there for a portion, spend some time out there. Just everybody in the world has seen Bruce. Bruce somewhere except for me. And it was just starting to really starting to piss me off. I was starting to think that it was just never going to happen for me other than seeing him from afar on the stage. 
but then it happened. Um, so the story goes, I have a best friend in my life. I have many dear friends in my life. My friends are like my family. My girlfriend, Melissa Silver, she is a friend of mine from college and we equally love Bruce. I, I would like to say that I'm a bigger Bruce fan than her, but she would get very angry. She loves Bruce the way I love Bruce. We are both mega fans and we've made it a point to see Bruce together as often as we can. My girlfriend, Melissa, surprised me and she, for, for my birthday, an amazingly generous birthday present. She surprised me and said, I am taking you to Rome and we are going to see Bruce perform in Europe. I had never wow. seen him in Europe. I'd never seen him out of the country. So we were taking this trip back in 2014 to Europe to, to see Bruce perform in Rome, Italy. It happened there. We uh, She didn't really care about finding Bruce the way I cared about finding <laughs> Bruce, but I was not leaving fucking Italy. I'm sorry. I have to... Do- you're I fine. was not leaving. I was finding him. I was finding him. So we, I made it my business to figure out where he might be as best I could. Uh, I know people that know sort of people in the entourage, the band, whatever. I had an idea of where he might be staying. It wasn't so hard to figure this out. I'm, try, I'm making it like it was like a miracle that I found him. But if you did a little homework and you're the fan that I am, you know, you could easily find out where these, these artists stay when they return back to cities. They love certain hotels, right? So... My girlfriend and I went to dinner, and after dinner, we were going to go to a particular hotel, the Hotel de Russi, a beautiful hotel in Rome. I had a little information that he might be staying there, and uh, we headed over there about 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night after our beautiful meal. And when we pulled up in our taxi cab and we pulled up to the front of the hotel, I already knew that we had hit the jackpot because there were dozens and dozens and dozens of people standing outside the front door, the main entrance of the hotel. Um, we got out of the cab and, and we we walked right into the hotel. And being the detective and the super sleuth that I was, <laughs> I, I found out that, that he might be at the hotel, right? So we went upstairs to the upstairs outdoor restaurant and there he was sitting out on the patio with the entire E Street band, which for a girl like me is couldn't it, it couldn't get if it couldn't get any more amazing. It just it just did. That's jackpot. That was jackpot. I mean, the entire band was there. Uh, tons of production people. It was a long dining table, rectangular dining table. There must have been twenty people at that table. I'm picturing the la- me- I'm picturing the Last Supper. <laughs> it was. But it, it looked like the Last Supper. It was on a beautiful like sort of rooftop garden at this restaurant long table we were just sort of standing where you would enter the the restaurant you know where you would check in with a maitre d and this was a private dinner that bruce was having so the maitre d said to us he apologized to us to tell us that he would not be able to seat us that there was a private dinner going on yeah well that wasn't gonna that wasn't gonna fly with me (laughs) so melissa and i did our did what we had to do a little sweet talking here and there and we had this maitre d seat us outside at a little two-person table, probably, I don't know, a hundred yards away from where Bruce was sitting at that long table. (laughs) Sitting next to Bruce on his right-hand side was Sting, of all people, just to make it even more ridiculous. And Sting's wife, Trudy Styler, was next to him. Um, So, yeah, we sat at this table in awe, 
staring at our idol, who was sort of like the head of the table telling stories. You just heard that raspy Bruce voice. Um, We sat there for about 45 minutes. I was guzzling a bottle of red wine. I was just shaking, trying to figure out my plan of attack. How was I going to make this happen? How was I going to get up the nerve to finally approach my, literally my idol? I just couldn't do it. And you know what my friend Melissa says? She goes, you know what? I'm not bothering him. You're, You're so on your own. She actually said to me, you are so on your own. And I looked at her and I said, over 25 years of friendship, you are not going to do this to me. You are going to hold my hand and you are going to walk up there with me. I said, we can't have this moment go, Melissa. You you don't think you're going to regret it, but you will regret it. We must go over and tell him that we are here to see him perform. We have to tell him that we are his biggest fans. Like he only hears that. (laughs) 4,000 times a day. So it got to the point where some of the band members, it was like 1130 now, maybe approaching midnight, and they had a show to perform the next day. So some of them started to get up and started to hug one another like they were going back to their rooms for the night. And I looked at her and I said, this is it. We're we're like out of fucking time. We got to do this now or it's not happening. And so we stood up from our table and we slowly made our way over. Bruce was wearing sunglasses. So it was like you couldn't even make eye contact. I didn't even know if he saw us coming to uh, stalkers coming towards him. (laughs) And uh, we made our way and he sort of turned his head to us when we were standing like right above him. And Melissa said, I'll go with you, but you have to do the talking. It was like an out of body experience. I basically just said, I'm so sorry to bother you. But if I didn't come over and say something, I would regret it for the rest of my life. I remember saying that. And I said, I'm Jen and this is my best friend, Melissa. And we're your biggest fans. (laughs) How stupid. (laughs) We're your biggest fans. I threw in some nonsense. I've seen you over. I told him how many times I've seen him perform, blah, blah, blah. I said, and we are tried and true Jersey girls who got on a plane to come to Rome to see you perform tomorrow night at the racetrack. And uh, he took his glasses off and he looked at the two of us and he said, well, it is so nice to meet the both of you. He asked us a couple of questions. Where about in New Jersey are you from? He pretended to know where we were from, whether he did or he didn't. He's pretended to know what, you know, he made us feel really, really special. We, We chatted for a couple of minutes about, you know, nonsense. It's kind of a blur. And then uh, we got to the point where I could see that it was starting to get to like the end of my sort of moment of, you know, my moment with him, couple of moments with him. And I did say, would it be okay if we got a picture? And he graciously obliged and allowed us to do that. And he was very cute. You know, he introduced us to a couple of the band members. We were completely starstruck about that. (laughs) And uh, you know what? He couldn't have been nicer. I I always hoped if the day would come that I would ever meet him, that he would be, you know, what I pictured. And he was exactly the way I pictured he would be. And, uh, you know, it's a memory that I will obviously never forget. I'm sure I'll never, you know, run into him ever again. So it happened. I can tell my story. It was one of the greatest uh, nights of my life, honestly. That's awesome. You know what you should have done to your friends and she didn't want to go over there when he said that he was willing to take a picture you should have just handed her the camera <laughs> like here take it take it for us <laughs> you don't get to be in the picture you know by the way the picture i posted the picture on on the peloton facebook page i think when i promoted like my springsteen ride i put it up a couple of times the picture is you know it's one it's one and done it's like one shot and done and yeah. i am so bright i am so bright red it <laughs> looks like there are veins popping out of my skull you can see i'm just i am just so over the moon my blood pressure was like 
I'm sure sky high. I, it's not the best picture I've ever taken, but it is certainly a picture that I will uh, treasure for the rest of my life. It's funny because in my day job, I'm a concert promoter. And so I run the meet and greets at the venue I work at. So like I, I know exactly oh, what you're talking no about, about how those those meetings take place and how the the, the do you have do you have such a short window to take that picture, especially especially yeah. in a setting like um, what you're describing? You do have a short window. And you know what? It was it was gracious of him to even take time. I, I, I just realized. Like after a minute or two of three of babbling to him, I realized I needed to shut it down and just stop rambling, just right. get that picture and move on. I mean, he couldn't have been nicer to even take in those couple of moments, introduce us to Jake Clemens. He was so cool. It was just a, it was a great night. Great night. Now, had, have you met met very many famous people before that or was that kind of your first big star? Not really. I mean, I don't know. I've definitely had I've had I've had my share of celebrity sightings, as you know, most people have in their lifetime, you know. Living uh, right outside of New York City You tend to see people uh, from time to time But that's the only real Memorable one, the only one That, you know, is worthy of even repeating You know, little (laughs) little things here and there But nothing worth, you know, even repeating Yeah, like it's like, oh, I saw John Tesh At the Gas and Sip, like nobody cares Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know little, Little things here and there but it does take some getting used to because it's like I, when I first started meeting famous people, it's like it you have that moment of like oh my god, and then like you ha- it takes a minute to kind of get over the hump. I have a similar version of that story, only it was Peter Tork, you know, which is not as impressive as Bruce Springsteen. I will grant you. <laughs> uh, it, I will say this though, I will admit to this on your podcast. I am one of those people. I I'm a I love seeing famous people. I get like ridiculously over the top excited when I have a star <laughs> sighting. Honestly, I don't I don't stalk them. I don't really. Appreciate Approach them, but I am one happy MF when I see a celebrity of any sort. It just it's so funny. I'm so weird like that. I love seeing celebrities. Isn't that funny? It's awesome, is what it is. Because you you tell such great stories. Like <laughs> I love whenever you're on the bike and you're just telling your stories. Like whether it's just you know about a friend or about somebody else you know. And so it just you you tell stories very well. It's it's fun. Um, I appreciate that. Here's today's recipe for success. So typically, the tradition, because we've been doing this for so long, but the pattern, the rhythm that we've fallen into is that the guest has provided us a recipe. But Mm -hmm. surely, Jen Sherman didn't have time to send us a recipe. You're wrong. What? She totally did. That's crazy. Because she's amazing. With two ends. <laughs> so she sent us this awesome recipe. It is a 15-minute garlic shrimp zoodles. Zoodles? Yeah, you're already out. You know why? Shrimp. Because well, I can't eat those. That would make me a cannibal. <laughs> that's true. Oh, that's a little tiny thing. And the noodles are made out of zucchini. Yeah. That's... You're double out. Can't have that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you get some zucchini and some shrimp and some olive oil. Little bit of lemon, some garlic, red pepper flakes, salt and pepper. You spiralize the zucchini, which I still haven't tried. I really want to try. I have a spiralizer. Yeah, me, me neither. Well, I'm not shocked. <laughs> <laughs> and then you add the olive oil and the lemon juice. And then once you have the pan warmed up, you add in the shrimp. Cook the shrimp for one minute per side. Add the garlic. Cook an additional minute. Add the zucchini noodles, or the zoodles, as they like to say. Stir and toss. And then for two to three minutes. And then, boom, put some salt and pepper on. You're done. She sent us a hard one. I mean, actually, it's really easy. There's a lot of steps. It's really easy. It's just they're little steps. Like, right. The spiralizing is probably the thing that takes the longest but, but it's, it's so fun to say zoodles it is fun to say zoodles that's that's a pretty great word zoodles it, it sounds it's, it's, and noodles of zoodles it sounds like an exclamation from a children's show zoodles like P, pb and j otter zoodles 
<laughs> That's my cartoon voice. Zorbles. Oh. <laughs> oh goodness! So uh, that and obviously that was a lot to take in, not just the voices, but the recipe itself. <laughs> and so you can find the recipe, but not the voices, at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the clipout. And that's all, folks. So uh, that was uh, part one of our Jen Sherman interview. So thanks for tuning in. Coming up on the next week's episode, we will have part two. We will. She's a chatty Kathy, except she's a Jen. Uh, Jen. So uh, she gets two episodes She does Because she's Jen Sherman Damn it It makes sense with the two ends Yeah two yeah. end two end Yeah that makes sense I feel like Chuck Woolery Two and two So so that's where you can hear The rest of it Is on the next episode Episode 12 So also don't forget We're available on iTunes You can go there Rate, review, subscribe uh, That way the show You'll never miss an episode It will show up like magic You All you'll have to remember to do Is occasionally turn on your iPod That or sounds iPhone. like a pretty easy deal It is an easy deal So that's it for this week. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. They can find you on Twitter at Clipout Crystal and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Crystal D. O'Keefe and on the bike at Clipout Crystal. So there's everything you need to know. So that's it for this one. Coming up next time, part two of our interview with Jen Sherman. Until then, keep pedaling. <laughs>